Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to History Untapped. My name is John Jacob Stephen Michael Smith. As a producer of this show, it is my job to inform you that this show contains explicit content and is intended for mature audiences only. Hey everyone, real quick before we get started here, the boys thought we should do an additional disclaimer. Normally we're pretty crude and offensive and we generally feel that people can take it or leave it with how we are. But this week we are discussing and sometimes joking about suicide. And we realize that some people could be realistically offended by that. And we totally understand, so we do want to let our listeners know that that is something that comes up in this episode. So as always, listener discretion is advised. Let's go cool. and play. Hey, John, didn't you also say every time Steven starts singing, he has to drink? Oh, too? that was another rule, yeah. Whenever Steven starts randomly singing, he has to drink. That should be it. I take a drink if I randomly sing. That's fair. You take a stiff drink. Like, you gotta take a man drink, not a, <laughs> not a, a sip. Quit <laughs> trying to get Steven drunk. Right? These bitches, man, I tell ya. I also yeah. thought something else about the drinking thing. Real fast. Yeah, what's up? Jacob saying, let's fucking go. Uh, yeah. I thought of another one, actually, real quick. Okay. Anytime we interrupt when someone has started reading. Oh, that's me. Ooh. God damn it. Fuck. We all do that. <laughs> Boys, it's going to be a long night. I have to drink a lot tomorrow, thank you. You have to drink a lot tomorrow? Thank yeah, best. I don't really want to get super drunk tonight. Your liver is going to be shot by Sunday, son. My liver was shot 12 years ago. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> the date is April 8th, 1994. Around 8.30 in the morning, and Gary Smith, an electrician for a security company, pulls into the driveway of a mansion on Lake Washington Boulevard. He gets out of his vehicle and starts to walk to the front door of the house. As he passes the garage, he glances in the window and sees what he thinks is a man sleeping on the floor. Then he does a double take when he realizes there's a shotgun laying across his chest and pointed at his chin. He immediately calls his boss, who then calls the authorities. Within an hour, the news of Kurt Cobain's death is announced on the radio, and the 27 Club is now an official phenomenon recognized on a national level. Michael, I know you knew about 27 Club. Jacob, I don't think you did. And Stephen, did you know about the 27 Club? Uh, I learned today. All right. So now I'm on par. All right. So is everyone aware of what the 27 Club is? Absolutely. Yeah. Not. No. 27 Club is essentially this non-official club of famous people that have died at age 27. The first member of the unofficial 27 Club is Andre Levy. I 
Don't know why I said Andre. As <laughs> the Alexand- Alexandri. Wait, hang on, John. You were talking about if somebody like talking- mispronounces shit too. Yeah, so mispronounces the name or like just completely buffs a word, then <laughs> I take a drink. But I I don't think we should do that because I take a drink on this one. I think maybe take a drink, but not like not chug or take a shot, but like a drink maybe. Yeah. So okay. So when do we use the, utilize the coin? Like when we say a catchphrase and that's it. Coin is catchphrase or something like. So like if I said, could you imagine? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or if you let's fucking go. Like if it's one of those yeah, things, phrase, you know, like a phrase we always say. A phrase, yeah. Then that's. Yeah. And then we have a, like our usual like bullshit. Then we'll just take a small drink, and then they we'll take like, a drink. Yeah. But take say a phrase, then we got to flip the coin. Yep. Bam. Yeah. Let's go. Or Stephen starts singing. That's a drink. Is that's a I drink. Mean. A healthy yeah. drink. It's a healthy drink. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> what's his name? I think it's Alexander. I think it is. A, yeah. And then is it Levy? I or it, I think it. I don't know. I think it's Levy. It could okay. be Alexander. So it, could, it could be Levy too because he's. Um... Yeah. Well, see, I was thinking Levy because like Eugene Levy. Yeah, I think the same. But so. I think with that like Brazilian, like South American thing, it maybe would be Levy. So hard. Okay. I'll I'll read it as that. It doesn't matter. He died a long fucking time ago, and I don't think anyone today knows who he is. So. Wow. I have this CD, was- sir. I almost started singing, but I didn't. You're welcome, everybody. Okay. The first member of the unofficial 27 Club is Alexander Levy, who was the first composer to mix classical music with Brazilian folk and rhythm music. He immediately became popular in the 1890s due to to this new style that people had never heard before. He only got to enjoy his newfound popularity for only a year, for only a few years, before he unexpectedly died on January 17th, 1892, at the age of 27. Nuts, man. So just to be clear, everybody in this episode died at 27. Hmm? Yes. yes. Hence why it is the 27. <laughs> so, like... They so you made a club for the 27-year-old people that just died? There's a, so, there's a lot of promised ones. For Is that like a prime has number them. for popular people to just... Yeah, we'll talk about well, we'll talk about that at the say. end. There was like a scientific study done about it and everything. Oh, like shit. Curse. Huh. Yeah, then there's the, the curse of the white lighter and everything. Yeah. So we can bring that up. That kind of ties in as well. So. Okay. All right. All right. On board. Uh, I, I guess I'll go next, I guess, since we're already at this point. Uh, two more men would join the club in 1908 and 1915, but on August 16, 1938, the club would claim its first superstar, Robert Johnson, the famed blue, blue, blues. Fuck it, bitch. Take a drink. Why did that word just toss me up? Blues. Blues. It's a fucking color you learn in, like, kindergarten. Jesus, fuck. The famed blues musician. Uh, Nobody knows for sure how he died, but the legend is that while he was playing a small show near Greenwood, Mississippi, he he was caught flirting with a married woman and that her husband gave him a poisoned bottle of whiskey. 
I mean, that's the way to go. I'd be cool with that. I was gonna say, yeah. if, if you're gonna go, that's the way to do it. Get fucked up on whiskey and never wake up again. I'd be uh, down. Also, with that. supposedly, it was an excruciating, agonizing death for him. Okay, it's well, just, that's not cool. Just, just throwing that out there. The crossroads guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's also yeah. in here. I don't. I yeah. I don't want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that whiskey. So wait, where, where was the other guy? Because it was like 1908, 1915, 1938. They I didn't name everybody because there's like over a hundred people in the club, and not some of them are like famous, but they're not that famous, super super famous, or they didn't die in like well, a crazy known. way. So well, yeah, aim. Oh, so okay. not all yeah. of that. We don't need to hear about every ragtime musician that died at 27. You know what I mean? True. We'll hit some of the big ones. We'll hit some of the more lesser-known ones, but we're not going to hit all of them. There's too many. So uh, this next one, is that Sonny Sonny Boy, right? Sonny Boy. I'm just double-checking. Yeah, Steven, if you want to take that. Yeah, good old Sonny Boy Williams, who was a friend and colleague of Robert Johnson, later claimed that he saw Johnson about to take a drink from the bottle and slapped it out of his hands, telling him never to drink out of a bottle that he did not personally own. Johnson replied with, don't ever knock a bottle out of my hand. Fair. He was soon offered another bottle, and the following morning, he was dead. The other story behind Johnson's untimely death is that he made a deal with the devil at a crossroads, and the devil came to collect that night. I mean, if I'm drinking a bottle of whiskey and some douchebag friend of mine slaps it out of my hand, I'm going to be pissed. He was also a black man in the South, though, or I don't like black people very much so it's kind of suspicious that someone would give him a full bottle of whiskey but it's open it's not just a here i got you a bottle of whiskey and it's sealed it's here's a bottle of whiskey and it's open but nothing's taken out of it (laughs) that's a little suspicious good Uh, good luck sir the crossroads thing comes because there's not a lot of like no one knows anything about robert johnson since before his music, basically. So no one knows anything about him. All of a sudden, he pops up and changes the way that, you know, blues music is being played. Yeah. It's essentially rock and roll in the 30s. Yeah. And yeah. everyone's kind of like, where the fuck did this come from? So that's where the deal with the devil came from, because he literally popped up out of nowhere, can sing, can play the guitar, like no one's fucking business, and no one knows how it happened. And then he dies at 27, and, you know, there's different things. Like maybe he had, um, I think someone said congenital syphilis that apparently was untreated forever and he died from that and then the fuck another is another con- congenital whatever I, I don't know I, it's just one of the things that what is I that what you people, just said I don't know I'm just telling you that's something I read that some <laughs> doctor thinks that maybe he had and that's what he died from because the rumors that he died in excruciating agonizing pain maybe that's what it was and finally he just gave out from that another one is that he had um, Marfan syndrome which could have maybe done something when he was drinking excessively. I don't know. That's just there. That's some of the stories out there. I like the, I think everyone likes the thing that he was hitting on a married woman and the husband got jealous and had to poison him. That is nuts. It's pretty wild. After Johnson's death, the club wouldn't welcome another member until 1945 when popular swing jazz pianist, Nat Yaffe died from complications of high blood pressure. Nobody else would join the club for 15 more years. Okay. Okay. On February 6th, 1960, Jesse Belvin played the first 
integrated concert in Little Rock, Arkansas, along with Sam Cooke. The show was interrupted twice by white audience members who yelled racial slurs at the singers. When Belvin and his wife left the venue in their car, they were involved in a head-on collision and died at the scene. Some people close to Belvin suspected his car had been tampered with, but the police never looked into it. With his death, Jesse Belvin kicked off a new era of the club, which saw its membership increase in both numbers and stardom. <laughs> this poor guy. <laughs> Get to go play a show with Sam Cooke. They're going to the South. They're like, all right, cool. We're going to play the first integrated show, like black people and white people together. Then the white people are like, fuck you. We don't want you here. He gets in this suspicious car accident, and the police are like, no, it's fine. Nah. He, just can't drive. he just can't drive. You know, black people, they can't drive. Like Cars wreck every like, day. Exactly. Played it off like it was nothing. They're like, no, they just crashed headlong into somebody for no reason. Come on. That's not sus at all. Yeah, exactly. They're like, of course it's not. <laughs> hey, this guy was stabbed, but that guy over there is holding a knife with blood on it. Yeah, but he's white, so it probably was. <laughs> he's white. You <laughs> have no idea what that was for. Come on. Pointing fingers at. Probably a butcher. Get it together. Rude. Uh, hi. Uh, in 1964, Rudy Lewis, the singer of the Drifters, died of a heart attack, and later that's... <laughs> I mean, that is how it's typed. I will take a drink for that. <laughs> and you did not... Good for you, Jim. You did not read that wrong. <laughs> I ain't fucking this shit up. I ain't taking no damn drink. I took uh, a drink. I took a drink. My bad. <laughs> and later that same year, popular gospel singer Joe Henderson also died of a heart attack. In 1968, uh, Malcolm Hale, the lead guitarist and founder of Spanky, and our game died of carbon monoxide poisoning. The band had recently had a big, there's a lot of hads in that sentence, uh, recently had a big success with five song charting across the U.S., and Canada from 1967 to 68, so one year. So, well, about two years, but that's a pretty big deal to have five songs chart. Did you say two years? Yeah, 67, 68, two years. So from the beginning what? of 67 to the yeah. end of 68. Oh, okay. So they had right. they had five songs on the charts. That's that's a pretty big deal. A lot of artists don't yeah. get that that much recognition, and then he goes and kicks the bucket, and then they don't do anything after that. Basically, that happens, dude. I mean, I mean, I've never, I've, I listen to a lot of old music, but I've never heard of Spanky. Yeah, Spanky, and uh, I should probably take another drink because it's supposed to be our gang. I had a feeling we should ask Bob, but I wasn't if, gonna, I wasn't gonna call you out on it. I was like, that's weird. They called it something different. Read it how it's written. Read it how it's written, man. Yeah, that's that's fair. Oh man, I forgot how good these things are. What you drinking? PBR. Ew. Oh man! I'm drinking a Murphy's. You finished it's that? I finished it. It earned a blue ribbon, sir. Yeah. So fuck off, Jacob. Well, you know, well that's the only beer that went a good uh, blue ribbon. So. Yep. Because no other beer could compare. I mean, to be yeah, fair, no. it uh, it did win that award <laughs> in 1893. So they're just like, let's give this person some recognition. Like, here's a participation award. Oh, you blue and but. Probably also the last year they ever gave out blue ribbons. 
participation awards for beers. <laughs> Whatever. It won it at the World's Fair in 1893, actually. It did. Pretty pretty big deal. I'm reading Maybe about we'll that an episode right about it. So, World okay. Fair? History of PBR. I was also appointed president, so they just give those things out to anybody. Yeah. Uh, I... 1969 was a big year. <laughs> <laughs> That's a drink, Jacob. Sorry. It was funny. It was funny. Uh, Kick no. it off. I'm like, all right, let's start reading now. <laughs> I'll start again just because. 1969 was a big year for the club as it gained Dickie pride from a sleeping pill overdose. Later in the year, Brian Jones, a guitar player and founding member of the Rolling Stones, joined the club when he drowned in a swimming pool. His coroner's report states, death by misadventure. I do remember <laughs> hearing about this one. Yeah. The death of misadventures. How, how to did me, he... that's fucking hilarious because he's like, basically the corner was like, yeah, this guy got fucked up and tried to go swimming and drowned. What an he idiot. Drowned. Yeah. 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 I remember hearing about that in the, I mean, it was a wild, obviously it's going to be a wild and crazy party. Oh yeah. And, you know, like, you're yeah, the Rolling guitar. Stones lead guitar player, like, yeah. And yeah. He just, he was fucked up and decided to go swimming. It's a terrible idea. Terrible. You know how your parents used to tell you don't eat before go swimming? They were wrong. It's don't do drugs before you go swimming. Yeah, don't do heroin and go swimming. <laughs> Just a bad idea. Damn it. That's my that's what I was it gonna do. It makes it feel better. <laughs> <laughs> what, the swimming or the heroin? Both. Both. Okay. Okay, I'm just checking. You I knew that was two drug addicts on the I knew that was coming. Nineteen sixty nine was nothing compared to nineteen seventy though. The first new member of the decade was Alan Blind Al Wilson, the lead singer and founder of the band Canned Heat, who died from a drug overdose. Next to join was Jimi Hendrix, probably the greatest guitar player to ever live. On September 18th, he died of asphyxiation from a drug overdose. Only two weeks later, fellow superstar Janis Joplin would join him in the club after a heroin overdose. So I didn't realize that Jimi Hendrix was that young. Yeah. He was really, really young. And well, so was Janis Joplin. Uh, yeah, and Janis, I mean, yeah, yeah, they're both like it's. It's crazy because she looked like she was forty when she died. Hey, Jacob, how old are you? Twenty-five. Six. Twenty-six. So Jacob, here, baby. Jacob is the only one who could make it into the twenty-seven club. All Let's of us. Go. Have... We don't want that. We don't want yes. that. Yes. I got great life insurance. We'll yeah. Uh, uh, hey, you you have to be a notable individual to uh, make the club, though. You can't just be 27. You got to do something yeah. important. It's and we're not notable to you guys. That's enough, just, right? There's, also, podcast I'll put, you know what? I'll petition the Grim Reaper to get you in there, okay? I'll <laughs> sure. provide him. Thank you. Our, our podcast Thank you. hasn't taken off He's quite 20... enough. We have a year. <laughs> our podcast... if we, yeah, if we blow up in the next couple months, I mean... Well, hang on. We got half a year, okay? Yeah, six months. Until you turn 27. We and know, you have all of 27, though, so we got a year and a half. That's fair. Yeah. I don't actually want you to die, Jacob. I just Those was actually on board now. All of a sudden, he's like, oh, yeah. Damn it, Jacob. <laughs> well, a year and a half? It's pretty good. Yeah, oh, we got time. Oh, we got time. Oh, we have time. Okay, so let's make sure that we meet before then. Just in case. Seriously. Yeah, we'll do like a live episode, and then on my way home, we'll just like <laughs> we'll, we'll call it a day, right? 
Good a good ride, fellas. I mean, we can't. We can literally never do a live episode. <laughs> do you ever like drive on a two lane road and you're just like, I could just swerve and end it all right now? Well, every day on the way home. I used to fall asleep on the straightaway. Well, not fall asleep. I would go to sleep on the straightaways. So, like, it could have happened then. And I start that day, habit up again. And one day, Jacob almost rolled his truck doing that. Uh, with a trailer, yeah. Nice. The following year, Arlister Dyke Christian was recording with Barry White in Phoenix when one night he was shot to death in the street after a drug deal went bad. Later that year, the club gained another superstar when the lead singer and founder of The Doors, Jim Morrison, died after his heart gave up after years of drug and alcohol abuse. Break up. And you were worried about Arlister Dyke, that guy. <laughs> what did I read wrong? <laughs> drug. <laughs> after a, after a Doug overdose, <laughs> or a Doug? I, okay, I want you to go back and listen to it. And if I say drug, you say you say Doug deal. You say you say Doug, and then you go back and say drug. You said a Doug. I mean drug overdose. Yeah, we we all caught him, man. It's, it it is yeah, all of us were doing this as soon as you did it. So <laughs> okay, love you, you beautiful man. <laughs> On May third, nineteen seventy-two, Leslie Harvey was performing with his. That's a that's a dude. <laughs> All right, wasn't what was going through my mind. <laughs> Leslie Harvey, the man, was performing with his band Stone the Crows uh, when he was electrocuted. What the fuck? After touching an underground. Uh, under. All right, fuck it. <laughs> Dude, it caught me by surprise. I was like, this motherfucker got electrocuted performing? Uh, yeah. An ungrounded microphone with one hand and the strings of his electric guitar. What the fuck? With the other. A roadie tried to unplug the guitar. What's a roadie? Kind of like the guys that, like, will run guitars on stage, do sound checks. They're the ones that, like, if a string breaks, like, they'll switch out guitars real quick. They'll, like, change amplifiers and everything for you. They're the backstage crew. They're the backstage oh, crew that gotcha, travels with gotcha. the band. A roadie tried to unplug the guitar, but it was too late. The 27 Club claimed a new member. Dun, dun, dun. Fucking hell, dude. That's crazy, right? <laughs> Technology wasn't the same in 1972, apparently. No. Dude, man, what are the fucking odds? His microphone's un- ungrounded. Not undergrounded, but ungrounded. <laughs> and he goes to strum his guitar as he's fucking hanging on the mic. Yes, all those things put together is like D.E.D. dead. Yeah. Current, this is like. <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. Run. I wonder. Run. I wonder if he started smoking. I, I don't know. Nah, I'm sure he <laughs> let go. Or fell. Or something uh, like that. I don't know. If you went to grab something stopped. like that and you get hit, you're not letting go. Bro, yeah, have, how much amps is going through your guitar and the microphone that's going to fry your ass? Well, think about this. Your phone charger has seven times the amount of amperage to, mer- to kill you. How much amps do you need to kill yourself? Uh, a third I'm of an amp. for a friend. A third of an amp will kill you. That'll okay, stop cool. your heart. So your 2.1 amp phone charger that you have in your car, seven times the power to kill you. So yeah. I can only imagine what a guitar and an amp turned all the way up. And a microphone stand turned all the way up 
It's probably got more than enough amperage. Obviously, it does to kill you. So let's say, theoretically, you're sitting in your bathtub and you put your phone charger in your mouth. Is it plugged in? Is it plugged in anything? It's plugged in, yeah. Okay. But it's you have to have a fault to they'd have you'd have to come in contact with the actual wire, not just the charger. You'd have to like chew what like chew on it. Yeah. Okay. So theoretically, if somebody's in a bathtub and they chew on their phone charger, which is plugged in, well, it's plugged in. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Theoretically, you times the amount needed, huh? Yeah. Okay. All right. But I feel like. Like I don't like if you're asking these questions. Jacob, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if you are sitting but in the back. But that electrical like, circuit is grounded, so most likely. True. true. The, guy, could, the circuit wasn't grounded, but this is. He became like, the ground. That's why he died. But if that's if grounded, you're probably going to get shocked. Like, ah, fuck my mouth. Yeah. If you drop a toaster while it's plugged in into your bathtub. Nope, really? Nobody's going to be like, ah, oh, fuck my mouth. No, I, nothing, oh, nothing there. Come on. Oh, man. damn it. I, I heard it and I shook my head. I was on the electrical fence I'm thing. Just, I'm so disappointed in you guys. No, whatever. To be honest. Yeah, so you won't die shot. if you drop a, like, you know, in movies when they drop toasters and TVs and shit into the bathtub? Yeah, it's plugged in. It's grounded. It, it, you're not going to die. So what if you pull the ground off? That's Then you're probably going to die. That'll kill it. That'll do it. Two-prong system. Way to go. Got you. But if your outlet is grounded, it doesn't matter, too. True. So you have to pull your whole so you outlet have, out. If you have a modern house, then... And take the so ground off the house. Right. Noted. Right. Jacob, you have to wait at least a half a year. Oh, no, just I'm making, making plans. plans. I'm just like, well, I'm not making mm-hmm. plans. I'm just like, so we all know, like us and the listeners know, like... Stay away from that type This is what you stay away from, exactly. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. do this. Exactly. Don't ever grab your microphone and strum your guitar at the same time. No, it's fine now. Okay. Or chew your phone charger while in the bathtub. Oh, like, that's, a, that's a bad idea in general. It happens. That. It happens, you know. So, uh, or don't, uh, you know. Just, don't uh, travel back in time to Swansea in 1972 and do what this guy did. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So in 1973, founding member of the Grateful Dead, Ron Pigpen McKernan's insides burst due to severe alcoholism. Throughout the rest of the decade, the club would gain 10 new members with their causes of death ranging from suicide by hanging to plane crashes and falling off of horses. Okay. One of them, one of them died in the plane crash and one died Falling off a horse. Did Is they hit their? We were doing the uh, music video for "I Rode Through the Desert on a Horse with No Name." It felt good to get out of motherfucker. I have to drink the yep. rain. <laughs> what are you saying, Michael? Did he fall off his horse and like <laughs> hit his head and get a concussion and die, or like? I don't know. I didn't say. He just said he fell off his horse and died. You ever play like Red Dead Redemption and fall off a horse? He probably felt like that. Also, probably. falling off a horse fucking sucks. And I'm assuming yeah, because they were, I can they're probably you, I can intoxicated, most likely, be my guess. Probably. I've also been bucked off a horse, not intoxicated. That shit hurts. Fucking hurts, man. It ain't easy. I got hit with a baseball on the thigh a couple days ago. Man. <laughs> that also hurts. You also see the bruise. 
Did it did it feel like a horse kicking you? Let's you want to see the bruise? I was trying to tie this all in. I'm, yeah, you could. Yeah, no, it hurt. It hurt like I what got. What are your bro? Show, show us more. I'm sending you the bruise right now. No, no, I th- get up and show us the bruise, like, actually on yourself. I have a story going away. about someone getting kicked by a horse. Oh. My was a horseshoer. And he had this one horse that was being an asshole. And it wouldn't fucking, he was trying to hit his hoof up, trying to scrape the shit out of it. And it kept pulling the hoof away, so he smacked it in the face. The horse kicked him in the dick, and it fucking split his dick. Like, it almost, like, cut in half. I believe that, dude. That shit what the thing. fuck? Because it hit him, like, right in the leg and the dick, and it fucking almost tore his dick in half. So he went to the doctor, and they sewed it back up and everything. He ended up getting strep throat when he went to the hospital. Because people get sick when they go to the hospital because there's so much what sickness just in the air. When you get strep throat, it doesn't just go to your throat. It attacks the weakest part of your body. Yep. So it went to his dick? Which, which was his split-in-half dick. You got oh, a he, had dick? Get, he had strep throat in his dick. Oh, God. It was what? so fucking gross. Well, I don't want to drink anymore thanks to that fucking strep dick story. If anything, uh, you so should thanks. drink more now. So no, dude. Like I, I could fill up my, you know, it's coming up. You know, just like, could you like the fucking pus coming out of that? Oh, it was foul, dude. Oh. It was foul. It was like green. It was. Oh, oh, uh, oh. <laughs> it was nasty. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Ugh. Hey, John. Uh, that was a great story. Next time, you should keep that to yourself. Uh, no, I had to live with it, so y'all can – I had to see Fuck it. Y'all can imagine it. I had to see it. I'm going to pronounce this guy's name wrong. The uh, uh, 1980s saw the club get six new members, including its first painter, in Jean-Michael Basquois, who was known for his neo-expressionism art style and forming the band Grey, which was described as noise art rock. So he wasn't a musician, but he formed a band – with some, I want to say it was like some movie producer or something. There's some artsy guys who are like, let's make a band and we'll be, we'll express ourselves. And basically it was just the shittiest music and they called it art. And some people were like, this is amazing. This is true art. Those kind of people, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he was a, like a very skilled, like graffiti paint artist. I mean, he very, very great artist. Musician, he was not. But. Um, you know, he was way more famous for his art than he was his music. I've actually heard of this guy. Uh, yeah, I, I have two for his art, but not yeah, I've for seen his art. I didn't know that he he got into like weird rock. It's not surprising art. that he got into <laughs> weird noise art rock. He tried very hard. So I'm just gonna say, like, you pronounced his name really well there. I know because you, you crushed. I totally would have called him Besquat. Uh, okay. Well, which it's not it's, it's French, so I don't. I, I figured that. that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't speak, so I would have called him Bisquat. I did my best. He sounded French, and I was like, I'm gonna have to put a little Joan of Arc uh, spin on this. <laughs> the '90s was the most violent decade for the club, as four of its new members gained entry after being murdered. Jesus, Mia, Mia Zapata was sexually assaulted and murder, murdered after performing 
a show with her band. I'll get to it in a second. Um, now I lost my spot. <laughs> Might as well drink up now. You're performing a show with her band, The Gits. Her killer was, wasn't was found for ten years, but was eventually tracked down. I'm gonna fucking drink, so stop. <laughs> I'm starting it over now because of you guys. Well, drink twice then. I will. And if I fuck up again, I'll probably drink a third time. Let's go. Ooh. If you I still think you should drink out. that. I still yeah, feel yeah, like you that. can't you can't bleep it out. I think yeah, you should you can't silence yourself on it. It's still the same thing. We know what you were going worth. Going worth? Going worth. I know what you was going worth. Hey, you can fuck up what you say as long as you're not trying to read something. True that. Let's all just drink. How about that? Okay, we'll all drink. Community drink. Cheers. Cheers. Nah, I'm drinking again. Fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> fuck it. Okay. I'm actually just going to read the last sentence. I'm not turning it over. Okay. Her killer wasn't found for over 10 years, but he was eventually tracked down and sentenced to 36 years in prison. Seems a little bit light to me, for being honest. Yeah. yeah. So that means know. that I should be out, like, within the next 10 years. Here's the thing. I... I, yeah. We could go on a whole uh, rant about the he's uh, probably already out realistically fantastic justice system that we have. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's about accurate. Yeah. yeah, we'll lock people up forever because they you know had weed on them three times plot, in California. But yeah, this, yeah but this dude is a he sexually assaulted and murdered someone, left him in the street. Him, but you know, you know what? You know, we can fix that. Yeah, sure, they'll get better. Right. Fuck! Right. <laughs> right. Wait, wait. Uh, oh, you fucked up, John. We're supposed to flip for that. Uh, oh, you were ooh. supposed to. So now we got to. You know what? You know what? I will do it anyway. Now, I'm flipping for you, bitch. Trust me, but all right. <laughs> so her, her killer wasn't. Ah, a... Damn it! <laughs> Just so you know. Do what? He wasn't arrested until 2003, and yeah. he died in a Washington hospital January 21st, 2021. Wow. Oh, good. At least he's dead. I don't that have a shot glass. Okay. I'm just going to take that. a poll, all right? That's what I'm going to do, too. Did you open that poll yourself? Huh? Did what? Asked him if I he did. opened the himself. I did open it myself, so don't come knock out of my hands, all right? Did it's you Taylor, It's it Taylor Jerry. It cost me $28. I was going to say, is that Sailor Jerry? It is Sailor Jerry. Sure. Yeah. Oh, man. Let's. <laughs> ah. Ooh. It's <laughs> so hard, man. It's fucked up that, like, my catchphrase is one word. I can't catch myself until after I've said it. Right? Here's a... You have no I, idea. You have to do it, too. That's fine. I don't have I... any take a shot of right here, so... Oh, you go, John. You go this time, John. I'll have to go grab something. That's okay. fine. That's fine. You can grab something. Also... Let's um, go! Do Dr. McGillicuddy. I'm going to. I have a question. Yep. What did Jacob flip for earlier that you had to take a shot for? Was it... Said right. I said right. Okay. I didn't hear Hang you. On. I wasn't sure. So... It's if any of us say it. So I actually say let's go a lot. So is it let's go or let's fucking go? I think it should be let's go because you you 
if it was let's fucking go, you're just gonna change it to let's go. Which is All the right, same well, thing. Is that... Flip again. God damn it. This sucks. Well, I'm waiting for them to get back. Okay. This is awesome. I fucking love it. This is so much more fun. High stakes recording. Uh, what is it? What's what you shooting? You see that? Yeah, but what are you shooting? What is that? Is that Texas? Just don't miss Texas. Oh, yeah, I, I thought it's... it was. I with how close it was, I thought it was the bottle. No. It's no, I can see don't, don't mess with Texas. It's a little boot. It's a, it's a little boot. It's, it, you have to turn it everything to get your shot yeah. in? Yeah, because otherwise it'll, like, splash you all in the face. You get, like, a 10%. Yeah. So what is that? Um, like, is that vodka? vodka? Tequila? No, it's Dr. McGillicuddy's. It's menthol mint something or other. What? I don't know. It's good. You're shooting toothpaste? <laughs> Pretty much. Basically, yeah. He doesn't like to take any other shots. <laughs> Okay. Oh my god. Go for it. Fuck it. Go for it. I'm proud right. of you. Well, to make you feel better, uh, we decided while you guys were gone that Jacob is not being penalized for saying just let's fucking go, but let's go because let's go is kind of a cheap way out of let's fucking go. So well, I, I say let's go a lot. It was an instant. He says that a lot. Let's go. So, so, yeah. so that's the worst part. He's... Everything that we say is just an instinct. Phrase that we say. It's so, so true. So, all right, what am I doing? Oh, just a beer. Oh. So, okay, I have a question. Where just did a you beer. Guys... If it's full, you're fucked. <laughs> you know, but. Where did you guys get these coins? The guy I met in the alley. His name is Pops. Um, and he liked our episodes so much. He's like, I'm going to give you these coins. They're unlucky coins in the wrong hands. And I was like, I don't know why you're talking to me in the alley right now. And he was like, fuck me, the goddamn coins. And that's how we got these coins, yeah. I love that. It's just some dude in the alley named Pops. And, uh, dude, like, Jacob in an alley and was like, take my fucking coins, I like your Take pops. my fucking coins. Uh, <laughs> I was like, dude, like... Jacob, that's called a fan, bro. I don't, I don't know if it was a fan. I think... I don't know if, like, there was something in return that I should have, like, given. I ran so fast, to be honest with you. He wanted a little mouthy action, but it didn't happen, and that's fine. What's the mouthy action going on right now? Throat action, too. So cold. Ooh. So cold. (laughs) I'm home. Do your business, girl. (laughs) Man. Can you imagine? Oh. No, I ain't taking a shot. That was Pops. He was over there at my door. The guy that gave us the coin, he he found the way into the house. Give you a pass because you just did one. <sighs> Rapper Stretch was the next member to be murdered. He had been a part of Tupac's rap group, Thug Life. He was shot and killed in a drive-by exactly one year after Tupac was shot and killed. By the end of the... Decade that threw me off. Didn't mispronounce anything, so we're good. Be good. Uh, two more rappers, Fat Pat and Freaky Ta. Is that Ta? Still going strong. Uh, would also be shot and killed. Fat Pat's killer has never been found, and Freaky Ta. Fucking these names, he's so stupid. Uh, was gunned down due to mistaken identity as he was leaving a friend's birthday party. That's some shit. Wow. Shit. Ain't that some shit. Dude, and all Fat Pat was trying to do, he was in Houston. He went to the club promoter's apartment 
to collect his appearance fee. The guy wasn't there, so he left, and on his way out, he got murdered. No one knows why or who, anything about it. Fucking Houston. Those names suck. Dude. That Pat's a good one, dude. Also, Tupac's alive, so. Well, yeah, that's, that's one more thing, is, you know, Tupac, you know, says he was shot and killed, but was he really? We need to have a conspiracy theory episode. The 2000s saw the club expand its membership brand with the addition of actor Jonathan Brandis, who had starred in Never Ending Story 2, and reality TV star Jade Goody. Along with these actors, 10 more artists would join the club over the next 10 years. What? No. Didn't, didn't want to name them, but, you know, kind of, it's kind of the same thing earlier, like more B-list celebrities who had done a couple things, kind of got in. Seemed kind of like their careers weren't going well, so they, you know, had some mental health issues and probably addiction issues. Oh, but um, I had to look it up, but uh, Jonathan Brandis, like, I was like, that name sounds really familiar. I looked him up, and I was yeah. like, oh, shit. I was like, I've seen him. Like, as a kid, I was like, I saw him in everything. Yeah, he was the second. He was in the second never-ending story, right? Yeah, but he was also on he's some TV like, shows, like yeah, some long-running TV, TV shows, I think. TV shows, like, yeah, I can... I didn't yeah. know he had died. That's Amy Winehouse was the next big star to join the club when she died of alcohol poisoning at her home on July 23rd, 2011. Five years later, on June 19th, 2016, after Anton Yelchin was checking his mailbox when the parking brake of his Jeep failed and rolled down his steep driveway and crushed him against a stone pillar. I was sad when Anton Yelchin died. Yeah, he's so bummed out. That dude was an absolute... Talent. So stuff. He was amazing. Amy Winehouse's story is like crazy too because she was also so amazing. Her talent was just well, she was phenomenal. Ridiculous. And she was. You know, I I definitely recommend like looking into. There was a couple Netflix documentaries that were done, and it, it they are done so well. Um, into her life and her true friends who were trying to rally around her to, I mean, she was at a point in her life at this, at this point where she just wanted some privacy and she wanted to be alone. And her father just, he was a greedy money hungry person. Like this is known in the documentaries and he just, he recorded everything about her. He was around her 24 seven and she would tell him, like, I'm on vacation, like, let me just have fun. And he's like, no, we're going to put this up on this, that, and the other and make money. And it's just sad because all she really wanted was, like, a moment. Just, like, it's a so bit of, crazy of, how some of these people's parents treat their children who become famous when, like, the parents did nothing. Look at Michael Jackson. Right. St- about that motherfucker did some Horrible shit to those children. Yes. When they were children, the Jackson Five, those were kids. Money. And then Jackson. you look, like recent, recently, you look at uh, what's his name, the, the guy on uh, the Dallas Mavericks, um, Luca. Mm-hmm. Um, his mom, because he got drafted when he was really young, and he didn't have any money coming from, you know, Eastern Europe playing basketball. He didn't have much money. He came over to the NBA, and they were like. High draft pick, he became a superstar immediately. He was like one of the top ten best players in the league. He's making money, just hand over fist. He goes to his mom and goes, Mom, I need to trademark 
my name and everything. Like, I, I had to trademark myself, basically. He did so, but he had his mom do it for him, so all of it is in her name. So yeah. his own image and name is under, like, her accounts. She, she has control over his image and name, essentially. Yep. And she will not give it back. No. It's no. insane. What? So, so these, much these parents of these celebrities sometimes are just It's just not horrible. Man. And then Anton, I mean, when I remember when he died on Facebook, everyone was like, oh, like R.I.P. Anton. And I was like, no, that's fake. Because there were so many, like at that time in 2016, that's when like the celebrity like death hoaxes oh, yeah, were through the roof. <laughs> they were all over. Like when Robin Williams died, no one believed it. When Chester Bennington died, nobody believed it. When Anton died, nobody Terry believed it. Fisher and Debbie Reynolds both died that year too. It was it was insane. And yeah. then they were like, "Oh, he got crushed by his jeep in his own driveway." People were like, "All right, like, what kind of dumb shit are you guys making up?" And yeah, like that, that's really what happened. The year. Oh my God! Save Betty White! Save Betty White! I, at yeah. the end of the year. Well, that poor guy. He was there for hours because he got mm-hmm. crushed. He didn't show up to rehearsal. Nobody knew where he was. After rehearsal, they went to his house and found him. Yep. So they don't know how long he was. He was just there. That wasn't that Star Trek. Yeah, he yep. was Scotty in the new Star Trek movies. He was in um, Odd Thomas, which is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's such a that good movie. That movie's fucking great. He was in Alpha Dog. That's mm-hmm. a crazy good movie and mm-hmm. horribly sad, especially the way he dies. Holy well, the, fuck! The thing that's disturbing is like you know his Jeep, the the year and model and make of the Jeep that he had, it had got re- recently it been got recalled. Well, it got recalled. I think it got recalled after. Oh, was I, think it it, I think it was after his death. Yeah. Because like, that seen... was the big thing that people were like, oh, parking brakes are failing and Chrysler products, <laughs> you guys. Uh, I have one out front too. Okay. With him in it? What? <laughs> have you ever seen Charlie Charlie Bartlett is good. Sorry, we're breaking up real bad, Michael. You were. Um, Charlie Bartlett. That sounds yeah. familiar. It's a really good movie. Yeah. He just, I don't think he really did anything that, at least on his side, was not good. He always did great. Phenomenal. So, I don't know. If you haven't seen Alpha Dog, I would definitely. Oh, God, that movie. Recommend that. I mean, that's, what is it? John Leguizamo's in that. Yeah, Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake's in that. Uh, Ben Foster's in that. Leguizamo's a little movie. Yeah, so sad. So sad. Yeah, the whole time you're thinking like it's gonna get better. It's gonna get better. Like they're gonna go home. Like yeah, J- JT doesn't want to kill this kid. Like he doesn't want to kill him. And then Leguizamo just fucking oozes him in a grave. And you're sorry, spoiler alert. Fuck, man. And it's just when he, like, when he died, it was just like oh, well, because even at that point, that you yeah. know his his character is like, yeah, they're gonna release me. Like. Yeah, he, he's like, he thinks they're his friends. Like he knows he's kidnapped, but he's like becoming friends with Timberlake. Yeah, like, they're like partying and drinking. They, 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 they tell him too. They're like, "Hey, man, like it's no big deal. It's just for the money. Like it's not personal against you. It's just for the money." Yeah, we're just gonna get our money and go. And then yeah, that fucking that fucking, fucking sucks. Is that based on a true story? It was, yeah. I think it was, yeah. That's it was. I remember my aunt telling me, she's like, you gotta watch this movie. I was like 16 when that movie came out. Like, I was young. I mean, he was young when that movie came out. Yeah, he was young. He was young when he died, but I mean, he was really young when that movie came out. And I watched it and I was 
I don't think I appreciated it at first. And then I watched no, it again, and then it was like, oh, shit. Like, it hit hard. Damn. Yeah. No, it's good. On October 1st, wow, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I Go don't ahead. Know, October. I, I don't, yeah, me neither. <laughs> it's because I my beer, and it's an October fest. Uh, and so I was like, and then I read that. Couple months but don't worry, I drank without you guys have to tell me I had to drink. On July 1st, 19... Oh my fuck! Why don't I take another one? <laughs> I like the new, uh, the risky recordings here. This is, this is good. This is fun. Uh, I fucking hate you. I love you too. I hate you. On July 1st, 2019, the club claimed his his first athlete. I'll take a drink. That's my bad. The club <laughs> its first athlete when LA Angels star pitcher Tyler Skaggs was found dead in his hotel room after a fentanyl overdose. Since his death, Benjamin... Kogue, I have no idea. The grandson of Elvis Presley and Korean actress Yuju Yeon have both sadly joined the club from suicide. Why you always give him the easy ones? Keep up, keep yeah, up, anonymous. I... <laughs> I have to pee. Uh, uh, reminded me of. Oh, uh, by the way, though. Uh, you do have to drink again. Okay. What did I do wrong? Uh, it's L.A. Angels starting pitcher, not star pitcher. How do you know he wasn't a star pitcher? Because uh, his Just ERA was four four one. So that means nothing to me. I know nothing about uh, anything. Anything over three is not star. Okay. Well, it also means nothing to me either. So you're a baseball fan. I just started this year, bitch. Okay, uh, for pitchers, I would say if your ERA is like 350 and down, that's quality starter pitching. Uh, I think the the guy that was supplying drugs just got sentenced. Actually, he went to jail for a long time. It was their communications director, I think. So anybody on the team would just text him like, hey, man, like I need to get some oxys or whatever. And he would just go get them for the players. So this guy okay. thought he was he was he had some alcohol in his system. I think his his BAC was like point one two or something like that. So it wasn't like he was drunk, but it wasn't you know. So you see some of the shit where they're like, oh, the BAC was like point three four. Like, well, yeah, okay, no wonder they fucking died. He was like point one two, I think, and he won some oxys. He took some oxys. Well, what he was given wasn't actually oxy; it was fentanyl. And it had like 50 times the lethal dose or whatever, and he died. So, and that that communications guy Jeez. was just sentenced. Uh, I don't remember exactly what he got, but it was it was quite a bit. Damn. So that guy was sentenced to uh, 20 years in prison. So I guess this is I don't really I didn't know how to end it um, because it's a little bit depressing if you think about these people's lives. You know, almost, almost all. Some of them were accidental. Some of them were murdered, which is not their fault. But a lot of them were dealing with a lot of mental health issues, 
Um, a lot of them had addiction issues, which usually stem from mental health issues, and none of them knew how to get help. No one knew to re- how to reach out. People like, look at Kurt Cobain. He just disappeared for like a week. Didn't call anybody, didn't talk to anybody. No one knew. I mean, which no one thought to look at his house for some weird reason. But people like that, they disappear. They don't know how to ask for help. And then they do something drastic, like take too many drugs and decide to go swimming. Or they're just like, I'm going to do all the heroin. Or yeah, like Kurt Cobain. You're just a shotgun in my mouth. Like I mean, it's just when you're never so, alone, and you gotta think look, about it. Like they're never alone. Like these celebrities, they can literally Twitter, reach out to anybody. Never alone, but, but they group. don't feel like they can. They don't think that they can. They're no, celebrities they, think that people use them for their like stardom, but don't they? Well, and think people do, it. but there are. In all of the, like, self-help stuff that I've ever read, it's if you're hanging out with five alcoholics, you're going to become the sixth alcoholic. If you right. are hanging out with six celebrities who are doing drugs, you're going to be the seventh celebrity who does drugs. It, 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 and it's hard when you get sucked in and you're around that type of lifestyle, that type of living, because you can't reach out to those people because those people are just as – into their mental health crises as, as you are, and they're just going to tell you you're fine. So, I mean, I'm sure it's got to be tough trying to figure out the right person to reach out to, the right path to take, the right anything. It's just, in a lot of these cases, it's just they were, everyone thinks that like they're living these great, wonderful, awesome lives because they're making money and they're so talented. But at the end of the day, like they're, they feel when you look at, I'm sure. When you look at musicians and actors and people like that, these are emotional, artsy people. Yeah. They get into this sort of stuff to help yeah. deal with their emotions. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they get famous. And when you get famous, it's not just all positivity and sunshine and rainbows. A lot of it is you're getting shit on by a lot of people. As many sure. people as are fans of you, you have at least that many people that hate on what you're going to do. And they're seeing all of that. I mean, more so now than even like then. Getting told you're not skinny enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not. Well, look at look at Cobain. Look at his his songs with Nirvana. Like, how many of those songs are like peppy, upbeat, happy songs? Like, the dude was clearly going through some shit. Yeah, he was dealing with some shit. Like, you look at I know uh, Chester isn't in uh, Twenty Seven Club, but look at Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. Yeah, absolutely. You listen to any Linkin Park song, and then now that you know like what he was dealing with and going through, and he he killed himself, and you go, "Oh, that makes a lot of sense now." Right. So I don't I don't know if anyone's one of those things. Like, it, thankfully she got out. She's fine, and she's still kicking ass. Um, and you may or may not be a fan of her. That's fine. I've met her in real life, and I've you know she's she's recently come out and said the truth of what she went through. But Demi Lovato. Mm-hmm has been in and out of rehabs because they were telling her not to eat. She was getting too big and they were controlling what she ate and how much she ate. And I remember she gave an interview where um, there's the song. um, Oh my gosh. What was it? It's not the sober song. It's a different one. Um, But she's like singing and it's like, is there anyone? Can anyone hear me? I'm reaching out to anyone. 
And as she's singing this in the, the recording studio, the people listening are like, oh, this is a banger. Like, oh, God, this is so good. And she's pouring out her soul. She's like, I'm looking for help. I need redemption. And all these studio people and all they can think is money, 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 money. And she's literally in her craft, in her art, saying, I'm not okay. Like, can anyone help me? And they're like, no, because they're not seeing it. They don't realize. I'm not saying, like, it's their fault either. Their job is to record an amazing song and, and right. make money. But is she like, the one that was out, with is she the one that was with Mac Miller and then she decided she decided to get clean. Uh-huh. He couldn't. When he, he OD'd and died, everybody blamed her for it. They're like, yep. You left Mac and that's why he OD'd. And it was like, wait a minute. Like, she I like Mac Miller too, but you can't blame her for wanting to get yeah. clean. No, exactly. But that's kind of just like what like, happened. It's literally the exact same situation, like Morrison, it's, like all these Cobain, like all these guys that were abusing drugs, like Mac was, she decided to get out and get clean, and then she gets clean, and she gets mocked for it. Yeah. Mac dies, he's made into this he's a sort martyr. of, like, martyr, hero yeah. kind of thing. Like, don't get me wrong, again, I fucking love Mac Miller. Like, I, mean, I do too, I'm not I'm not. I was, I was listening to him in high school when he was also in high school. That's how big a deal he was. Like, he was huge when he was 18 years yeah. old. And then well, he no. dies, though, and everyone's like, oh, poor Mac Miller. He just couldn't beat his demons. People and... love to see the failure stories. They don't want to see the success stories. Right. Well, and then here she is now. Like, good for her. Like, she's Well, she is a little crazy now talking about how alien is an offensive word to enter, you know, extraterrestrial species. Right. I mean. A little, little cuckoo now, but. But she's at least, like, somewhat clean and doing her thing, whatever. We're all a little crazy. I'll give her that. You know, she's uh, dealt with rehab. Have, has anyone seen the um, the MGK documentary? I have not yet. I Life in Pink? No. There's, really a, there's a part in there. So he – so he's just finally being who he is, and everyone's fucking shitting on this guy. But he's got songs out there, like 27, talking about how, like – he thinks he's going to die at 27, like, but yep. at least if I die at 27, I'll, I'll be part of the club. But like, yeah. like, I literally, he's like, they told me to slow down, but I can't stop. Like, I don't know how. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. But in that, in that documentary, he talks like, you see, like, he's literally like reading people, like talk about his music and how much like he should go kill himself and stuff like that. Like people think that's okay. Just because yeah. someone's a celebrity to tell them to say that. that they should kill themselves. Like as if they aren't, Still regular people. Um, he talks about how like he literally called Megan Fox one day when they were dating, called her one day, screaming at her, having a mental breakdown with a shotgun in his mouth, telling her that he's gonna kill himself. And then like looking at his lyrics, a lot of his songs, I'm thinking about Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. A lot of his songs and the things that he's doing, it points to this is someone that is going through a lot of mental health issues and if something happens to him and he does off himself how many people are going to come out of the woodworks and just be like oh i loved mgk he was so great when all you see online is people shitting on mgk for not even for his music just like for how he looks and how he dresses like him as a person or- like 
But Do your research. Just yeah. going online and shitting on someone when you don't actually know anything about that person. Because I remember when, like, Bieber, Justin Bieber was out there, and everybody was shitting on Bieber oh, because awesome. it was the cool thing to do. This kid is kicking ass. He was found that, on that, That's the thing. He was getting shit on because he was kicking ass. Usher, Usher Every found girl wanted to bang Bieber. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Yeah. Well, and just, just in my small, you know, obviously we all know that I'm not a celebrity, but – when I auditioned for American Idol, I had to fill out Wait, a twenty-five page what? paper. Yeah, I, I, yeah, no, I straight up auditioned for American Idol. Um, yeah, I went through the whole thing. Like, I, yeah. I wanted, yeah, I wanted to be a singer. I wanted this to be my life. I wanted like that. I wanted that professional. Like, I think I have a good voice. I'm gonna give it a go. I've you know, I have one of those stories I was taught, like, I was told multiple times as a kid, like, your voice sucks. You're never going to amount to anything by a parental figure. And then, like, at the same time, like, that same parental figure tried to, like, oh, no, you're going to be great. No, you suck. You know, it's like this dichotomy where it's like, ugh. And so my friend convinced me to audition for American Idol. And they were down in Denver. So I went down there, and I had to fill out, no joke, this isn't, like, me exaggerating 25 pages of a questionnaire and some of the things that i had to sign stated can they change my hair can they change the style of dress i wear uh i basically what i read into it is that they owned me for the next 10 years if i made it they owned every decision that i wanted to make for the next 10 years what i ate what i drank what i looked like what i what i wore what my weight like everything they owned it all all the way to the point that even if i didn't get onto the stage oh they would still that they still owned any footage that they shot of me for five years wow and i I Do you remember her? there was a guy on there that kept getting in trouble because he would change his clothes yep. before going on stage? Yeah. And they got pissed, and he was like, look, he goes, I'm sorry. He goes, I'm not wearing that fucking rose button-up shirt you want me to wear. And he goes, I'm going to wear an ACDC T-shirt, and I'm going to go sing. I am. And they, he, got, he got in trouble. They eventually yep. had to double-check his clothing before. He did it like three times in a row. They had to double-check his clothing. They would not let him go out there. When you sign that contract, that contract states, like, this is a legal binding contract, and you're telling them that they own every part of you. And the funny thing is, like, I wound up doing, you know, I worked for for a really long time, great company. I did on-the-road um, openings, um, and I remember I was in Arizona, and this one girl kept staring at me, and she's like, I know you. And I'm like... Like, I, no, I don't think so. I've never been to Arizona before. She's like, no, I've seen you before. And I was like, I don't think so. Like, no, I don't think so. And then finally she looks at me, and this is four years after I was on American Idol, like when I auditioned. And I remember, like, there was – so the only thing I can think she of – She has to go to, like, pre-judging and everything before you even get to the main judges, right? Not even that, but, like, like they, they – so they film you. I got there at 2 a.m. and stood in line at 2 a.m. in the morning. You get no sleep. You get no nothing. There's no food. There's nothing. You're just waiting in lines. And then at 
six o'clock in the morning, they gather us all together and they want to do like their first shot, like oh, everybody in right? Like all of the people. And I'm down front in the front row. They they literally go through and pick who they want to be, where they want to be. Right. I'm like dressed in a um a teal polo, so my eyes are popping. I have like a very like boy next door haircut. And so they put me right in front. Like, they're just like, yeah, we want you here. I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, they do this whole thing. They film it like six times. It takes 45 minutes. And then we get to slowly get ushered into the stadium. Well, you're allowed to like walk around and whatever. Like they give you a seat number and it's very organized in that sense. And I remember other people are interested. Like there's thousands of us who want to be singers like in the stadium and so people are going to stop you and ask you like hey what are you singing or what are you what are you going to plan on doing um in front of the producers and I remember there was a film crew right behind us I'm standing in a, in a hallway great acoustics and everyone's singing as I'm walking to go to the bathroom and this guy stops and he goes yo what's your name and I went oh hey I'm Stephen Anthony immediately camera crew boom right there and I'm like, yeah, I'm Stephen Anthony. And they're like, oh, that's cool. Uh, what do you plan on singing? And I was like, oh, I was going to sing a Jason Mraz song. And they're like, oh, you should sing it. And it's just like another group of people that are there to like sing that have been singing the whole time. Right. And I'm like, cool, let's do this. I'm like, the acoustics are great. I was like, all right, here we go. And I remember it was like, um, was it you who spoke the words that? Oh, now I can't remember the song, but. Pretty good anyway. Things gonna happen, but not to me. Well, things are gonna happen naturally. Oh, I'm taking your advice and I'm looking on the bright side and balancing out the whole thing. Oh, but in oftentimes those words. And then I just stop and they're all just like, holy shit. And I was like, you think that's a good song to sing? And they were like, uh-huh. I'm like, cool, move on. Like, we all make friends, whatever. That is what they played in Arizona four years later. As what? If it was in Arizona that this had taken place. So the girl that I am training had recently saw me on TV in the I thought, it was, I thought it was recent. And was like, yeah, no, you were just on American Idol. I'm like, girl, I have, that was four years ago. But those are the type of contracts that you sign going in. I didn't even make it. Like, I wasn't even someone that they picked. They told me that I was too All-American boy and I needed to go play football. (laughs) At which point I looked at them and I said, I'm fucking gay. (laughs) They're like, damn, wish they knew that before. Exactly. Their mouths dropped open and they were like, uh, uh. And I was like, bye. They were like, damn it, Clay Aiken did so well last year. And I just walked on through. I actually made it further. Funny story, and this is a really short one. Um, I got asked to go and do a um, – they were doing um, – what is that show? Um, it was on MTV, Seven Strangers Living in a House. The Real World. Oh, Real World, so yeah. They were doing auditions for The Real World. I made it further in my auditions for The Real World than I did on American Idol. That would have been so great. I would have, that would have been a killer season. I would have loved that. And, and and it was just crazy to me because I literally was a phone call away from making it to the real world Denver auditions when I went on American Idol and 
did what I wanted to do, be a singer. And they were like, you're good, but you're just too all-American boy. And I'm like, I'm a homo. And they're like, oh, we fucked up. But I had to sign over for five years. So these record contracts, if that's what I'm signing to, like, be on TV, I can only, like, these um, record contracts have got to be so intense. Like, you don't get to be yourself. I know Michael knows this story, the Sarah Borella story. So she got signed on. And Is she the one that did those annoying ASPCA commercials? No, that's Sarah McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Yeah, so Sarah Bareilles got called, like, she she signed her record deal, and she finished her her record, and they told her, like, the producers were like, ah, there's no no love song on your record. And she goes, that's not really my thing. Like, I don't, I don't do love songs. And they were like, yeah, well, we're just, we just don't feel comfortable putting out a record without your love song on there. And so she literally sat down and she wrote, a song, and the producers loved her. Love song, yeah. Put it on, and it's the song that she is. It, it it actually is a pretty popular song of hers. But it's I'm not gonna write you a love song because you ask for it because you need one and you say I'm not gonna write you a love song today because all if all you have is leaving I'm gonna need another minute to write you. A love song today. And it's literally a blatant song that she wrote towards the producers. But the idiots who, the producers who heard it was like, oh, this is great. This is a love song. This is perfect. Yay. Right. You did it. And now she's fucking writing goddamn Broadway plays and musicals. Right. Super successful. But she had to she had to trudge through the bullshit. There's a lot yeah. of bullshit in those, which is why it's so great with the TikTok movement and, and TikTok being what it is that a lot of these artists no longer have to go through record labels yeah. and have to sign their lives away. And I think that is a beautiful, amazing thing. If if that had been around 20 years ago, 10 years ago, when I was so passionate about music and singing, because I got to hear it, I got to be torn down multiple times. I did musical theater professionally for eight years. I still have a hard time singing in front of Michael and, and some other people just because of the negativity. If I had a different outlet like TikTok as it is today, that would be freaking phenomenal. And I'm I'm so proud. Like Taylor Swift is doing an amazing job. Like, fuck you guys. I I, I do what I want. Like, like it's cool. It's it's super cool. It's sad that unfortunately back in the time of the club twenty seven, like era they they didn't have that freedom and i'm sure like i can't speak truths about it but i'm sure those 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 contracts had a lot of really intense heavy like you can't do this you can only do that type of stuff and wording written into the contracts well, I, I look at what the record companies do i know i talked about tom petty already but when he came out with his first solo album mm-hmm. he brought it to the record company and they go we don't hear a single on this yeah, we, like, we don't hear a single. So he goes, fine, fuck you. I'm going to release it anyway. He re- released it anyway. I think there's 10 songs on it. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them ended up being released as singles. And yep. out of those seven, the worst tracking one tracked at number 18 on rock tracks. Yeah. Number 18. 
Three yep. of them went number one, which is I Won't Back Down, Run Him Down a Dream, Free Fallen, three of his biggest songs. Yep. The record label was like, nah, yep, we, don't, we don't hear anything good here. Nothing good here. Yeah, so they were number one, number one, number one, 18, number seven, number five, and number five again. Seven of his ten songs in the album were top 20 hits of the year. Right. And they're just, and they go, eh. Yeah. So imagine what those artists, you know, like we're talking about the mental health issues. If they were, and this is a guy who was super successful. Period. Right. Imagine these bands who were trying, they're up and comers, they're yeah. gaining success, and then someone just goes, nope, here's my shit, eat it, and fuck off. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's, yeah. So it, it doesn't surprise me. So that 27 Club, uh, pretty much the most horrible club to be a part of. Uh, yeah, he wants to, like, the, the studies, there was a study of. that, came out um someone basically wrote a book and they said oh 27 is you know no other year another another age has produced more like stunning deaths or whatever for celebrities whatever there's a study that came out and that's actually not true uh 27 is actually not a special age for these people to die it just so happens that some of the people who have died at 27 are stars but i think i want to say the average age of death for musicians and actors is actually 52 Hmm. because of the partying and the drugs and alcohol the unhealthy lifestyle basically catches up to them earlier and it's 52 is actually like the bigger year than 27 Hmm. then the white lighter uh there was a myth going around that i want to say it was hendrix joplin and morrison were found dead uh, with a white lighter in their possession that had been given to them the day before they died. Um, I found that out from my foreman because a couple of years ago, I found a white lighter laying on the ground. He was the only guy on our crew that smoked. And I was like, hey, Tanner, I was like, here's a lighter. And I threw it to him and he saw it was white and threw it on the ground immediately. He's like, don't you ever give somebody a white lighter. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and he was like the 27 Club. It was like all of them died with the white lighter in the 60s and 70s. But I, looked it up. I looked it up, and it, it's a real thing. It's a real myth that went around that if you were given a white lighter, that you should not take it. If you buy it yourself, it's one thing. But if you're given a white lighter, sign that you're going to die. That's crazy. So there's a big a big thing out there. If someone hands you a white lighter, don't take it. Hmm. Huh. I'll take it. 27 Club. We do it. We, yeah. we so, it's not like historical significance about the 27 Club, but I like it. It's the people in it, though. Yeah, like I don't know how you want to word that one. What is the historical? So, 27 Club is its own thing, but in itself, it's not historically significant. Significant at all. No, like, the, at all. By itself, it's a zero. Yeah, but, by itself, it's a zero. The people in the 27 Club, is what is their historical significance? Well, and, like, it's – I don't think it's right to rate, like, some people, you know, like I'm, – No, I'm, I'm going to go straight up 10. Yeah. 10. I'm, I'm, I'm saying some of those people, like, the that one guy that we didn't even know who he was. I can't remember the, his There's, name. like, 50 people that we didn't even name. Yeah. But so, – So, like, I'm not going to say he's – 
Ooh, because you know, had he lived, he could have been really famous. Right, but we're gonna go. We're gonna go and, overall. That's true. We're looking at the body of work, and these people were twenty-seven. So all of them. Imagine what Hendrix could have been doing at fucking sixty-five. Look at right. Clapton. Clapton's he, fucking still going strong. Look at what Hendrix could have done if he was keeping up with Clapton today. Yep. So, so Cobain, Amy Winehouse, Janis Joplin, the amount of things that they could have, they were already artists ahead of their time. Right. And they could have done so much more. Imagine if they had the resources that we have today. I know that people are still suffering today, like we're losing greats. We've talked about it, spent a lot of time talking about it. But imagine if Hendrix... Cobain, Joplin, if they had people that they could go to, like if they could pop on their phone and, well, not, text, and text their therapist and go, hey, like I'm really struggling right now. Well, and not not only like therapist, but like TikTok, you know, like I said, there are so many people who are posting shit on TikTok and bypassing the music industry altogether. And getting their songs out there, like, if they had TikTok at their age, at their time. Imagine how popular Hendrix would be today if kids could see him going to, not kids, but, like, people could see him going to Lollapalooza, putting on a fucking headband laced with LSD, and then playing fucking Could you imagine those people fucking freaking out today? Right. If they were if they were given the opportunity and the the type of technology that we have today, so crazy. Yeah. Oh. So I'm giving 27 Club a 10, just based on some of the people who were in that group and their significance. I mean, Hendrix alone at 27. If you look at every poll ever done, he is the number one guitar player ever. Ever. He changed changed music. When Janis Cobain Joplin. changed music. Janis Joplin. Yeah. Like, her voice can never be repeated. Well, on a scale of 1 to 10, I give the 27 Club a 27. Uh, let's see what she did there. <laughs> you know, we, we look at Brittany Murphy, and I know she was older than 27. Brittany Murphy, Heath Ledger, like, all of these guys who made it barely into their 30s. Right. They all were suffering from the same thing. They just didn't hit the magic number. And still, like, died. And it's just like, uh What's the mental health thing that we talked about? It's just... So sad. Do you give 27 Club? I think that 27 Club was just looking for love. They were looking for... Yeah, but what, significantly, what do you give them? One to ten? I mean, I give them a nine. Okay. Like, they're looking for love and hope and life. And unfortunately, they were in a position where it just it just didn't happen. Hey, guys, real quick before we go, we want to give a shout out to all good folks who produce and perform the music on the show. We also want to let you know that we have a merch store where you can get some cool shirts, stickers, posters, and mugs. So head on over to historyuntappedstore.org and check it out. Thanks for listening. Love you. Bye.